Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. The world outside your window may not be so great, but here on Post Show Recaps, everything is Spider-Man! It's Spider-Man season here on the Everything is Super podcast as we are swinging away from our MCU Infinity Saga rewatch to talk about Spider-Man for the next several weeks. Uh, and I'm joined here, I'm Josh Wiggler, I'm joined here by Kevin Mahadeo. Kevin, I hear, I hear a rumor that anyone can wear the mask, and that indeed, everyone should wear a mask. Uh, we'll grow into it if we can't quite wear it yet. Yeah, because <laughs> so, we're getting no refunds. You're in now. You're in forever. Everyone you're wear listening the mask. to our podcast. Wear the mask. Wear the mask. Uh, and Spider Man certainly wearing the mask, and all of the Spider Men that we have to talk about in the weeks ahead, Kevin. Because we are we're going to be talking about a lot of Peter Parkers. <laughs> uh, we'll get into some Miles Morales at some point. Uh, but we're talking about a bunch of different Spider-Man movies over the next couple of weeks as we are uh, we're swinging in, swinging into one of the I would say like the the flagship superheroes of the genre. Uh, you probably think yeah. it's like it's like uh, you know before the MCU, right? It was like Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, Spider-Man. I feel like those are like the top I- four. I mean, yeah, I guess, right? Like, I would even just say, like, the only ones that really mattered were Spider-Man and Batman. That was it. Pretty <laughs> like, much, yeah. As like, much as, if, if, yeah. If, if there can only be one from from each uh, side of the aisle, from DC and Marvel, it's Batman and Spider-Man for a time. Yeah, absolutely. Spider-Man is, is huge, huge, um, and has been for, for a very, very long time. I think he's... It's uh, undebatable to say he's one of the most popular Marvel characters, and his—he's the most popular Marvel character. That's yeah, it. Yeah, it's like, over. He that's changed. The, that's you know, it. He's the—he's the one. Yeah. It's him. It's Spider-Man. It, it, it's him. It's him. <laughs> I think, and that's the thing. I think among comics fans, you could be like, "Oh, maybe Wolverine," but like publicly, it's Spider-Man. No, it's Spider-Man. It's Spider-Man. Who doesn't like Spidey? He, except J. Jonah Jameson. You know, the, the, J. Jonah Jameson doesn't like Spider-Man. A bunch of uh, Spider-Man's enemies don't seem to like Spider-Man. A bunch of Spider-Man's <laughs> classmates may have some issues with Spider-Man. Like, in-universe, uh, the, the public seems divided on Spider-Man. Uh, out of the context of the stories, I think we're mostly unified that Spider-Man's legit, Spider-Man's awesome, Spider-Man's been awesome. Uh, Spider-Man, I think, is the character... That really defines the Marvel brand in a very big way, even though a lot of those original Marvel Comics characters are strikingly different from the DC Comics staple. Uh, and I, I think that there are certainly ways in which we can we can talk about that, um, though maybe those are conversations we want to save for later on down the line in a future podcast when we turn our sights <laughs> to the DC Universe, as we will inevitably do. Uh, gird yourself appropriately, Kevin. Um <laughs> 
But for the next few weeks, we're going to talk Spider-Man. Uh, we'll be back on our MCU nonsense before too long, I'm sure. Uh, as soon as WandaVision comes out, we're gonna we're gonna definitely cover WandaVision. But we're gonna cover the Spider-Man movies uh, for the next little while. We're gonna do the Spider-Man trilogy from Sam Raimi uh, over the next three weeks, starting next week. Uh, then we're gonna do the Andrew Garfield uh, Amazing Spider-Man duology. Then we're gonna do Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Yes, I don't know yes, that yes, I don't yes, know that yes. we're gonna do Venom. I don't know. We can make a, I don't, we can I make don't a judgment want, call. We don't we can we'll see. Do you all but, need Venom? Mm. Do you need us to do Venom? Can we just talk about Venom when we get to Spider-Man 3? Maybe that would be mm. ideal. Nobody needs Venom. I, I think that's a full statement on just even the comics industry. Nobody needs Venom. I mean, it's, I think I think we'll <laughs> we have to talk about Venom conceptually as we are talking about Spider-Man and his place writ large. But um, this felt like a very natural shift for us because I think like uh, timing wise, I think it's going to map out pretty closely where my, my guess is WandaVision is going to come out somewhere around end of the year, uh, maybe very end of the year, very beginning 2021. Somewhere in there is my guess. It's just a guess. Um, and I think that the Spider-Man schedule is going to get us right up to WandaVision. So that's pretty clean. That's my prediction. Knock on wood, Kevin. Uh, just, yeah, I heard it. So that, that counts for both of us. Uh, so it feels like it's a good fit, but it also feels very natural because we ended with Spider-Man Far From Home, uh, our Infinity Saga rewatch that as of this recording remains the most recent Marvel Cinematic Universe film that has been released. Uh, even though that was 2019 and we are looking at the very end of 2020 right now. Um, and thank God it's in production for the third MCU Spider-Man movie right now, uh, has started up production in Atlanta and there are rumors flying fast and furious about what it could be about. And it seems very likely that there is some sort of multiverse angle involved. You know, the multiverse is lightly teased, uh, and, and like introduced as kind of a lark. In Far From Home with Mysterio, like, basically, like, you know, pantsing S.H.I.E.L.D. and being like, yeah, multiverses are real. And I'm from, you know, a totally different Earth. Definitely not making this up out of my ass. Uh, (laughs) But it seems like Spider-Man 3, the MCU Spider-Man 3, might actually go there, considering that there's Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness is coming up and not terribly long from now. uh, And Doctor Strange himself is going to have a role in this third Spider-Man. In addition to that, Jamie Foxx, who played Electro in Amazing Spider-Man 2 has been announced as being part of this third MCU Spider-Man movie. On top of that, already in Far From Home, the the king of the post-credit sequences, uh, according to our Infinity Saga rankings, is the return of J.K. Simmons as J. Jonah Jameson, one of Spider-Man's great arch nemeses, uh, uh, media-facing bad guy. Those guys are definitely dastardly as well. Uh, and Triple J is high on that list. And J.K. Simmons, who's iconic in that role, makes that cameo appearance. And that starts bridging the universes together a little bit more. And we may come to find out, Kevin, that it's more than just like you can only cast J.K. Simmons as J. Jonah Jameson because why bother otherwise? It may be because there is a link from the MCU to the Sony stuff. Spider-Man, unlike the rest of the Marvel Cinematic Universe characters is not fully owned by Disney. Uh, he is a timeshare. He is a, he is a, a, a holdover. Shared, shared custody. Shared custody <laughs> with, with, with his parents, Disney and Sony, uh, where he was sold. The, the film rights were sold to Sony once upon a long time back in the 90s, I believe. Uh, and Sony has uh, clung on to those rights like Spider-Man to a wall. 
Uh, and it is nothing short of miraculous that some sort of, and I think also just a sign of epic failure on Sony's part in mishandling the live action Spider-Man films that we were able to get into a situation where Disney was like, can't we work something out? Everyone wins if you let us work this out. And so they worked it out. And there's been some bumps and bruises along the way, but they've mostly worked it out. I believe the the word on the street is Tom Holland is on for two more MCU movies at the least. And then who knows what will happen. So it's at least that third Spider-Man movie. And then who knows what comes after that. So I think it's it's highly relevant to be taking stock of Spider-Man right now as it's an active MCU project, Kevin. Uh, it's one of the single most popular characters in pop culture history. Um, and... We may be talking about movies right now in the, in the weeks ahead that are actively, actually going to have relevance in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's not entirely impossible that that is the case. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I mean, especially as we're going through this, right? Like we're going to, I think part of what we're going to have to do is look at these movies and think, okay, how does this mesh and how does it compare to what could possibly be happening in this third Spider-Man in the future of the MCU? Like, how does Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire fit into this, if at all? I mean, you have Electro coming in, which is probably the weirdest casting decision and choice to be made um, out of all of this, because I've never seen Amazing Spider-Man 2, but Whoa, I certainly really? know about it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, no. I Listen, sometimes... Sometimes you you can get punched a few times and realize I don't want to get beat up anymore, and then you decide not to. So I avoided watching that. Or you let another out. analogy, <laughs> it, yeah, uh, another analogy is like I touched a hot stove when I saw Amazing Spider-Man One, and I and then when the stove was back, I was like, I know that stove's hot. I don't want to touch it this time. So <laughs> just avoided that one. It but is I've its seen, moments. It has some things. Does it? I've seen many things few, about it. So <laughs> I'm excited to delve into it. Uh, Jamie Fox is one of the worst things i've i've seen about it so it's it's an interesting casting choice here he's just in um, a different but, movie he you know they they he's like he he would be perfect in like a 1990s uh uh late 90s batman movie uh oh that's weird that they didn't you know tell him that when filming a movie that he's going into being right that in there it, you know when we get there I, i'll defend him a little bit i don't think it's entirely his fault i don't think it's totally i his mean fault. it's someone's fault it's but, definitely uh, a few someone's faults uh, i don't know that yeah. it's and and he's not you know gonna get off uh without some blame but i think uh to to throw it all at jamie fox's feet doesn't feel right to me that's fair but like what's interesting about spider-man right we're gonna see this like multiverse possibility and i think that's apt for what we're about to do in this podcast to set up like to the listeners what we're going to go with here is that we're going to be looking at spider-man through various incarnations right right? like we're going to kind of hit him in in his comics through animation through video games through live action he's been everywhere because he as we have mentioned is probably the most popular character uh in pop culture from comics specifically uh so there is a multiverse of spider-man's spider's man's Spider-Man's is... The Spider-Man, uh, yeah. Yeah, just everywhere. So it, it, I'm interested to go into this deep dive because it's such a fascinating and enduring character um, that we're dealing with here um, that has gone through so many incarnations, each feeling different from the last almost, um, and that we're going to experience as we dive into the movies alone. Yeah, so in the weeks ahead, we're going to dive into the movies specifically today. We're, we're you know, we're, we're setting down some of our takes we're taking an overview of Spider-Man across multimedia, uh, across the decades, uh, just an overview of things like Kevin says, some some highlights from the comics, animation, video games. Uh, I'll just I'll just stump for action figures right now. I'll tell you, Kevin, when they came out with the multiposable Spider-Man figure by Toy Biz 
back in the 90s. And I got that for Christmas one year. Oh, boy. It was just a, <laughs> it was a, it was a, a happy time for little Josh Wiggler. Yeah, yeah. In our in our blended household where we where we did Christmas and Hanukkah. I was a lucky boy. And one year I got <laughs> multi-posable Spider-Man. And that action figure, he was the best. He was the best. Spider-Man always lends himself to a great action figure. So we're going to talk about all of that stuff. Um, we are, if, if you're just eager for the movies and you want to skip this one, we totally get it. Although I think you're going to miss out. Um, here's Here's some information for you. To, to, to have under your hat for the weeks ahead. We're, we're once again, we're calling on rankings super at postshowrecaps.com. It remains our feedback email address. So send any feedback you've got there. Send any of your rankings. The things that we are rankings are the movies. The movies we are ranking are the three Raimi Spider Man movies, the amazing Spider Man movies into the Spider Verse. Send your rankings on a scale of zero to six for those, for the villains of those movies as well, as well as the spider suits. Uh, we'd like to know what you think about all the, the various different spider costumes that Spider-Man wears. Um, and if you want to score the, the actors who are playing Spider-Man as well, uh, we think that that would be great too. So that's the fourth thing that you can, uh, you can send in rankings for. So super at postshowrecaps.com. Send it in that way. Uh, Kevin, before we dive in, I want to take a quick moment to shout out our sponsors for this episode of Post Show Recap. Support for today's episode comes from Progressive Insurance. Fun fact, Progressive customers qualify for an average of six discounts when they sign up for Progressive Auto Insurance. Discounts for things like enrolling in automatic payments, insuring more than one car, going paperless, and of course, being a safe driver. Plus, customers who bundle their auto with home or add renter's insurance save an average of 12% on their auto. There's so many ways to save when you switch. And once you're a customer with Progressive, you can get unmatched claim service with 24-7 support online or by phone. It's no wonder why more than 20 million drivers trust Progressive and why they're recently climbed to the third largest auto insurer in the country. So get a quote online at Progressive.com in as little as five minutes and see how much you could be saving. Auto insurance from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates, home and renter's insurance not available in all states, provided and serviced by affiliated and third-party insurers. Discounts vary and are not available in all states and situations. Kevin Mahadeo, I have to admit, every single time I just said auto, I was thinking about Otto Octavius. <laughs> what a character and what a haircut that man used to have in the comics. He's a couple weeks away. He's a couple weeks away. We'll have a much yeah, we bigger got, we conversation. Got for, yeah, we got good time for the one of the most ridiculously named characters in comic books. Honestly. Absolutely. Otto Octavius. Oh, listen to me. <laughs> listen to me now. Listen to me now. All right, Kevin. So, so Spider Man appears. Uh, he first bursts onto the scene. In the early 1960s, is that 63, 64? I think it's 62. 62. Um, I think 1962 is when he first appeared in Amazing Fantasy number 15 was his first comic book appearance. It's an iconic cover where you have him swinging across the skyline, holding someone under his arms in the type of manner I hold Gus, uh, honestly, is what it looks like. Kevin's dog, um, for those who have forgotten. Yes, not, not not a child. I'm not running around with a child like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, that is his first appearance. And, you know, I, I, it's hard to... I obviously was not alive at, at that time. Um, I don't know how it, obvious it was. It's possible. And that's true. Vamp I, I, I like could vampire? Be, you could be like Morbius, the living vampire? God, I wish I was. Feasting on um, plasma? <laughs> Which plasma? They couldn't get. They couldn't do blood. They were like, "Oh, blood! That's can't do that for children." Love so that plasma. S- that sweet plasma. S- 
ridiculous. Um, but Spider-Man, you know, it's crazy because he came onto the scene and it's it's hard to overstate how much I think that character changed comics. Um, you know, before Spider-Man, you had characters like Captain America, you had the Fantastic Four at Marvel, and DC, who was like the king of comics at the time, right? You had your Spider-Mans, or not Spider-Mans, your Supermans, your Batmans, your your Wonder Womans. You had these larger-than-life characters, Flash, Green Lantern. And all of a sudden, Spider-Man comes onto the scene, and he changed Marvel, and he changed, I think, the power structure almost between the big two, because Spider-Man was like the first character to really emphasize Peter Parker over like that superhero part, you know? Um, it was really an emphasis on like the kid in the costume trying to struggle through life. It really focused on the like the man more than the spider, I guess is the best way to put it. Sure. Which was very different from the way comics were then. It was so grandiose and super heroic. Superman was about Superman. It wasn't about Clark Kent, really. Like, yes, Bruce Wayne was a millionaire, but who can relate to that as well? But that's People often related to Spider-Man. That's often sort of the divide, right? Between Marvel and DC is that there's something like very mythic and and epic and grand in scale about the DC characters where I think Marvel often gets credited as like they're they're a little more cerebral and human on on the face of it, at least like with Superman you're talking about a god, Wonder Woman effectively a god, uh, Batman a god among men. Uh, and, you know, with Spider-Man, this is a, a guy struggling to pay his rent. Um, with the, right. with the X-Men, these are people who are trying to avoid persecution for who they are. Uh, these are people who are dealing with human struggle. Yeah. And, and that was the thing, right? Like that kickstarted what Marvel became that, that, that changed the face of Marvel and it did create a divide, but it, it was a divide that tried to get that DC has tried to replicate. And there's been a constant struggle, I think, amongst writers at DC about which side do they want to fall on? Cause you have some writers like Grant Morrison who really do treat the DC characters like you're describing, where they're mythic, they're larger than life. Um, and then you have other people who really want to delve into the human side, kind of trying to follow what Marvel set up. I mean, the two fed off each other. I mean, this is, it's a cyclical thing. And, and the best type of uh, way for this industry to work is to, is for the others to like learn from each other. But for Spider-Man, like at the time, like you had like a young teenager, despite the fact that he was drawn like a 37 year old man and his aunt is drawn s- like a 96 year old woman. I was going to um, say that. Uh, so created by Stan Lee and Steve Ditko, uh, shout out to, to, to the legends, um, that, uh, I don't know that I, cause like Tom Holland playing Spider-Man now and like really leaning into him as like, you know, baby boy Peter Parker, uh, like I just never really remember him being, illustrated that way other than like the ultimate spider-man comics of the of the 2000s that really leaned in that direction but from from the onset uh from like the the lee and ditko stuff like he's a he's a high school guy who just so happens to look like a 45 year old man because that is definitely in my mind where like i'm conjuring up images of peter parker as he was in like early spider-man comics like 70s spider-man comics like they really wanted him to be that young because he definitely looks like a man Oh, yeah, but that was the time period, right? Like, you look at the blob from 1953 or whatever, and it's like Steve McQueen is supposed to be playing, like, a 15-year-old, and he's very clearly, like, a 40-year-old man. Um, but that's, like, the standard for, like, the time period. Culturally, no culturally, we, we got soft. We got soft as a culture. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I think we, 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 uh, we, we've gotten a lot better now to, uh-huh. like, actually cast teens as teens. But right. back then, it was just like, I don't know what children look like. No one knows how to draw teenagers. Yeah. Uh, it was similar for, like, you know, Teen Titans. Like, they were supposed to be teens, but those definitely looked like adults. 36-year-old yeah. adults. Yeah, who've already, um, like, you know, they've sobered up. Uh, some of them have been divorced. You know, lots, yeah, lots of, exactly. you know, they've lost just... jobs. 
lots of life yeah. has hit them hard. Yeah, absolutely. And like, maybe, maybe that's what it was, right? Like Peter had lots of life happen, um, even at a young age, but there was just, I don't know, man, there was just so much about that character in the comics that I think I never, obviously, you know, I, I, I haven't read a lot of the Spider-Man's um, growing up, I, I got into Spider-Man, especially during the 90s as my first introduction, which I will get to how that happened. I think once we hit that part of this discussion, but like, obviously, I went afterwards and, and read a ton of Spider-Man comics. I've been reading a, a lot of Spider-Man since. And so, like, I remember the 90s Spider-Man comics and how wacky and crazy they were. But it was always about that. And I think that's part of the appeal of this character, especially in the comics, is that Peter Parker was this teenager and this kid got these powers but as much as it was about him trying to save the day is that he screwed up more often than not he's trying to pay his rent he's trying to take care of his aunt he's trying to get good grades in school there is a lot of relatable stuff and i think what you're saying though right like by the time we came in i think they tried to age him up in the comics so like he graduated college he, he married mary job. jane he married mary jane like we we also grew up with this character in a way i think a lot of people and a lot of other well, we did it with a lot of characters right like the marvel is super weird because and dc for that matter the characters are almost who they are as they are and don't change batman has always been about the same age superman about the same age tony stark has been about the same age spider-man is one that i feel like we really did grow with that character like now that i'm thinking about it right like what other character do we have that that really went through such a journey that later characters maybe mimicked like the teen titans but the idea of him growing up marrying his high school sweetheart this is all stuff that we were doing at the time too like we got older we we're, we're you know we're aging almost with him uh then you know some wacky stories happened that sort of regressed him but it's so wild to think about that that like this is a character literally we kind of grew up with uh, yeah. Which is weird. Yeah, um, for me, I I I was never like a a deep Spider Man comics guy. Um, in in the nineties, my brother really was. Uh, I was more into X Men comics in in the nineties. Like Age of Apocalypse was really my thing. Um, I mean, it's the best thing. Yeah, I I remember there was this. I I I don't have like the the historian recall of like what the names of the arcs were or anything like that. But I like remember Bastion as the like the Sentinel bad guy from the '90s X Men comics. Uh, mm-hmm. There was the whole run where uh, this guy named Joseph shows up and maybe he's an mm-hmm. amnesiac Magneto uh, and he can make out with Rogue and that's super hot. And they go to space with Gambit and Bishop. Uh, and I remember those 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 were cool comics. I didn't really have like a big attachment to the Spider-Man comics um, at that time growing up. But my brother did, and I remember him. Um, he was really into to illustrating in, in the 90s. Uh, and he and I wanted to do our own comic book company uh, as kids. So we had a couple of characters that uh, we would come up with backstories for, and he would draw. And they were all like very queer rips on Spider-Man. Uh, like, <laughs> to the point of, like I'm sure, like some fairly deep tracing work. Uh, went into creating one character whose name I shall not reveal in case we ever decide to to revive the idea. Uh, don't want to give up the goose. Uh, this this early on. Um, but uh, I remember like I remember like uh, Scarlet Spider 
uh, like a, a full yeah. red suited Spider Man with like a blue cut off like sweatshirt, a blue hoodie with the <laughs> sleeves cut off. Like that was the coolest thing in the nineties, though, right? Like talk about like <laughs> what a, what a costume for the time period. But I remember as a kid being like, "Oh, that's so awesome!" He's wearing a hoodie well, with remember, his sleeves ripped off. I remember that. I remember there being the Clone Saga, where for a time Marvel tried to convince everybody that Peter Parker was a clone and wasn't actually like real, and he was a clone of this guy named Ben Riley, who was Peter Parker, but blonde and he was spider-man for a while and then no ben riley you're the clone and like i think it, a very controversial storyline that at the time i thought was like oh neat cool my brother's name is ben my best friend's name is ben i love ben's so, so many like, ben's in your life and so i was like really <laughs> pumped about it so like i don't have any kind of like i think close to normal center relationship with with comic book spider-man um like those are probably the spider-man runs that i remember the best um there's um there's been some some really cool like Spider-Man graphic novel work. Is there Spider-Man the End? Isn't that the one where he's like uh a senior citizen Spider-Man in a post-apocalypse? I believe it's called Spider-Man Rain. Spider-Man and, Rain. Uh, yeah, there's either the end or or Spider-Man Rain. They may be two different things, but there is like their take on like Spider-Man as like a Batman um right. the Dark Knight Returns type character, which is not weird. Right yeah. for Spider-Man. Like that's you're you're confusing two characters yeah. on that one. Yeah, um, yeah man, the, the comics were crazy, right? Like everything you said there might sound like insane to the people listening who don't know, but believe us when we say like even people paying attention to comics, it was equally insane. Yeah, <laughs> um, like the Clone Saga was was a crazy time that like I I vaguely remember reading some of it when it was happening, um, but I didn't keep up with it. Like you, I, I wasn't deep deep into the Spider Man comics. I I will admit, like Ultimate Spider Man is when I really got into. Uh, Spider-Man comics specifically. Um, but I was aware of a lot of that stuff. And historically, I now know. I mean, you look at the Clone Saga and it's sort of like like how Spider-Man changed comics at the time um, when he first showed up to like restructure stuff. He also changed comics with the Clone Saga in causing it to like implode because like it dra- it was a storyline that dragged on way longer than it was supposed to. And it became like this this like teasing thing that comics became to be like, whoa, never telling you the answer. And it like, it caused like a major collapse. Amazing. Amazing. So it's a witch. Spider-Man has had an effect, both positive Spider-Man's and negative. A, Spider-Man's a weird character. Like when, when you, when you stop down to think about like the, the history of Spider-Man just in comics, like I feel like it's not out of the realm of like canon even and in history for the MCU to do a very weird third Spider-Man movie. Like it feels like that actually makes a lot of sense. Uh, like Spider-Man 2099 or like all of like the different like Venom associates uh, and all of like the symbiote characters that come out of Spider-Man. Symbiote. Uh, symbiote. Like there's a there's just a ton. There's a ton of very strange stuff uh, in the not very distant past. Spider-Man and Otto Octavius were one in the same. Right. There was like the superior Spider-Man where Dr. Octopus is running around in Peter Parker's body. So like that is correct. They've done some strange shit with Spider-Man over the years. And uh, especially in the comics. And you mentioned, uh, we talked about it a little bit before ultimate Spider-Man, which was early two thousands effort. Marvel does like this rebranding of the ultimates line, which is like to like basically do like parallel universe stories of popular Marvel characters that they can like readjust a little bit. They can modernize to a certain degree they can do different types of stories with familiar types of characters. And in that ultimate universe, um, it's, uh, it's Peter Parker as like a kid, as like a high school kid. And he's very much a very queer, like high school kid. Uh, the, the, the rendering of that. 
Yeah, I mean, we talk about a lot of the things that, that happened in Spider-Man when we were growing up. I don't know how crazy a lot of them, right? We talked about Clone Saga. We talked about them trying to do this. Um, there was one storyline where Spider-Man found out he's like some descendant of a spider god and he started to turn into a spider and he has like weird Wolverine like claws. It's not far off of from, the, from the musical. It's, oh, we're not going to, well, maybe we'll talk about that at the end. But uh, turn off the dark and then the, the, the Kimmy Schmidt sequel, Spider-Man 2, Too Many Spider-Men, which... Yeah. Maybe what we're about to experience in Spider-Man 3. But, I don't know. Um, all that craziness was happening, right? Like, like that's a good that's a, that's, a, that's a good point. We have all this nuts stuff going on with regular Spider-Man. The one who is now an adult, married, everything is, is going on. He has so much that's happened in his life. And you have all this continuity attached to him. You have decades of continuity. The Ultimate Universe came in and they was such a smart move on Marvel's part to be like, we want to appeal to a new, younger audience to not beholden to these decades of continuity, to do these stories that modernize these characters. And they launched the Ultimate Universe to accomplish, Matt, uh, accomplish that. And again, hard to overstate the impact that had. The Ultimate Universe is where a lot of the stuff about the uh, Avengers movies and how the Marvel Universe is being approached cinematically was drawn from. And that took Spider-Man, like you said, back to being a kid. It was, it was a young teenage Peter Parker, familiar stories with a different world, Kind of like what we've been getting with a lot of these things that that again reshaped what comics were at the time and and I think really smart like that's to me like I was saying that's when I got into the Spider-Man comics I remember going to a store here in California when I was visiting I was visiting California at the time and I went to um man was it Earth Two it was it was a comic book shop and I saw Ultimate Spider-Man I didn't know what it was and I bought one volume of it and I went back to the hotel. And I read it that night and I blitzed through the entire thing. And then the next day I went back to that store and I bought the volumes catching up. I think there was like two or three more volumes, bought all of them. And then I started reading Spider-Man almost weekly or like monthly since then, Ultimate Spider-Man. I got obsessed with it. And I, I introduced him to a friend of mine, Will, who used to collect comics, fell out of comics. He bought all the trades off me and then went and bought the individual issues. I got him into like addicted to comics again oh, really badly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, because of also Spider-Man. Cause he was a huge Spider-Man fan. Like that was his favorite character. He was the person that we're talking about. Like, like, like I said, it, was, it wasn't, that wasn't quite me until recently that I got Spider-Man, but Will loved it immediately. Like going back to that traditional Spider-Man, the one that we kind of knew, the one that like hooked everyone from the sixties and that we reconciled was or recognized was what the ultimate universe did and then that spread that spread to everything i think i think there's certain elements now of the spider-man character that every incarnation that's successful keeps and does um that we're going to be seeing and we can even use this to criticize why some of these movies aren't as good as the other ones but the comics are wild i mean for anyone out there listening that wants to take the suggestion about what spider-man comics to read i'm gonna give it to ultimate spider-man like start there read that um all the other stuff, the older stuff, the regular Marvel Universe stuff is bananas and crazy. But Ultimate Spider-Man is is wh what you want. I mean, that's where Miles Morales first shows up, like is an Ultimate Spider-Man. Um, the stuff that I think are touchstones for a lot of people who are being introduced to this character through other media now, it's going to be in that series. So, like, that's definitely my recommendation from the comic book side. Um, so that that's the comic book stuff. And, you know, that's a conversation that's going to be ongoing, I'm sure. But Spider-Man would not be the cultural icon he was if it was just comics. You know, Spider-Man, the, you know, the, the live action movies 
are the things that we're going to focus on here as well as Into the Spider-Verse because that movie is just spectacular. Haha. And we got to talk about it for sure, uh, especially because I think it's it's going to be kind of like a culmination of the thesis point of what we're doing here because that's a movie that literally deals in multiverses. Uh, so it's a great way to like, you know, wrap all this up and, and talk about everything that we're going to be talking about over the next several weeks. Um, but before that, like Spider-Man's on TV. Uh, they have, uh, uh they, they had a, I think a couple of live action Spider-Man shows. There's the seventies there show. Two. There was a 70s Spider-Man live action show and that I don't the, think I've ever seen. I've seen and a little the bit Japanese of, one. yeah. <laughs> and then there's, there's the Japanese Spider-Man, uh, Japanese yes. Spider-Man, uh, where he's like a motocross racer and he's got like a Megazord, like the Power Rangers. Uh, so, uh, seek, seek that stuff out, uh, at your own discretion. Um, obviously everybody knows, uh, the, the original animated series, the theme song is iconic. Uh, it's also the, the source of many internet memes, such as the two Spider-Men pointing at each other. Like, that's the only thing from that series I think I've actually seen. I don't think I've actually seen an episode from that. It's been a long time. Like, I used to watch it and I really loved it as That's a kid. wild. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I used to love it. I used to love it. That's that's crazy. Like this, the the theme song is what I knew. Like it's so weird. Like even before I feel like I knew who Spider Man was, I had heard that song, you know. And then like I I I I kind of like saw a picture of Spider Man. I was like, oh okay, that's Spider Man. I'm talking about like being way as a kid, but that that Spider Man, Spider Man. Like it's just it's there. Like people knew it, you know. Um, and yeah, there was that. I think was like the first big one. And then I do remember vaguely especially after the fact in the early 80s there was spider-man and his amazing friends which was a weird show that teamed him up with uh iceman from the x-men and firestar uh i don't know i mean i get fire and ice that's how that fits i don't know how the hell spider-man fits into that mix. it doesn't really make much sense to me either <laughs> but i didn't i didn't watch that one i know of its existence uh good for spider-man branching out getting some friends yeah, having some, some great squad. friends in his life yeah <laughs> Uh, that'd be something that'd be great to see in a future MCU movie. Uh, now that uh, Disney's got the X-Men rights, maybe they can have Iceman and Spider-Man on like a Disney Plus show. That could be fun. I don't know anything about Firestar. Um, yeah, I, I don't know a ton about that character uh, besides like she has firepowers, which amongst many she people was there in, in too. She was there have. too. I'm sure. Super cool. Yeah. We don't really know. Um, but yeah, I, I, I do think, though, right, like this is all leading to there was a lot of stuff before. But like for me and you, Spider-Man is recognizable because of one specific thing. Yeah, I think um, for, I think for people of our age of like uh, who were who like nerdy, n- nerdy people in the 90s who are like uh, who were who are pretty young, who are still watching cartoons. And like uh, there's like the nostalgia sweet spot of things like Gargoyles and, you know, shows of that nature, the X-Men animated show. Um, this is definitely one of them, the animated Spider-Man series, which is absolutely my entry point to Spider-Man as a character. Like that whole show, I've definitely seen every single episode of. I couldn't give you like immediate recall on on all of it, but a lot of it is just like indelibly imprinted on my head because it was like it was it was it was very much to my like understanding now of like what I've read and what I've been exposed to. Uh, you know, very evocative of what that comic book experience was like, but truncated for like serialized animation form. Yeah, and they did a really good job with that, I think. Um, the same way for me, like, I got introduced to Spider-Man and the X-Men, especially through those animated series, and they opened up a whole door for me into into the world of comics and into the world of Marvel. And I definitely remember watching both of them back-to-back on Saturday mornings, 
Um, the impact of that show on on my knowledge of comics is definitely drawn from there. And as I've gotten older and actually read the stories that they're based on, like what an adaptation! Like they really did pretty impressive jobs bringing a lot of the the comic lore into the animated series in a way that that was like digestible. Um, and of course, that speaking of theme songs, right? Like that weird, uh, like you know, like not techno, but like that, like oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, Spider Man, Spider Man, yeah. radioactive Spider Man. <laughs> yeah, <there you> <laughs> <go>. <laughs> yeah, we all have it in our heads. Yeah, it's like <laughs> epic guitar yeah. solos. It's, yeah, I, I, I feel uh, like I might be. I need to look it up, but I'm pretty sure Aerosmith was involved in that theme song. Come on, um, stop it! It was Bono and the Edge. Everybody knows. Okay, everybody knows <laughs> where that came from. Uh, this is like one of those things where it was um, for a, for a while uh, they were like, what's his name? Um, James Lipton was it that wrote the Thundercats theme song, which oh, is not right, true. That's, right, 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 that's right, made right, up. Yeah, uh, yeah, <laughs> that's funny. Um, uh, but yeah, I think like this. This for me, like this is this wasn't just like my gateway into Spider Man, but uh, it, as you convinced me on our Far From Home podcast, like you really made me like. You like cracked like smelting salts underneath my nose and like woke me up to like, yes, Spider-Man is such a portal into the greater Marvel universe, not even the MCU, just the Marvel universe. Like Spider-Man's my first exposure to Daredevil, my first exposure to Punisher, my first exposure to the Kingpin. Uh, I learn about uh, the Fantastic Four through Spider-Man. Uh, I learn about um, uh, the, the vast array of villains that Spider-Man is up against a ridiculous rogues gallery that I, I'm sure we'll talk about in greater detail later. Um, but like through that character, Morbius, the living vampire, you know, there's just, there's so, so many. Um, and it's, it's, it's a really fun access point to all of that stuff because he is that friendly neighborhood Spider-Man uh, that he's just swinging the streets of New York and New York is the hub of the action for the Marvel universe. So it would only make sense that Spider-Man's going to interact with everybody. Like Spider-Man ends up being on like, Every major team in the comics at some point or another, right? He was a, he's an honorary Fantastic Four member. I think. Definitely a member of Fantastic Four. Definitely a member of the Avengers. I don't know if he was ever officially a member of the X-Men. I think he's had but, some affiliation at the very least. Oh, for sure. You know, I mean, the Ultimate Universe, he was dating Kitty Pride for a long time. So, so they've uh, done that it. as well. You know, they've, they've, they've gone there. Uh, and this animated series, which I believe even culminates in a huge crossover. There's the Secret Wars. Um, straight from the comics that they render on the show that I think is like the grand finale. Um, all of this is on oh. Disney Plus, by the way, if you're feeling nostalgic and you want to like sink a few weeks. I am now. Let these, me tell you. It's, a, <laughs> like, it's just both the Spider-Man cartoon and the X-Men cartoon. Both of those are on Disney Plus now. Like the, the, like, like thinking about all that stuff, man, like that was like, yeah, the, the intro to Electro for the longest time when, when, I would read a Spider-Man comic. I would have that voice uh, in my head, right? The, the, the voice of the character from the 90s uh, cartoon would be the one that I would hear. Um, the same way that like Kevin Conroy was like the voice of Batman and still kind of is the voice of Batman when I read Batman books. Um, it was just so impactful and did such a weird, crazy way of introducing the world of comics in a in a true way of the insanity of it all. Like Venom appearing on there. But that was a, that's a great call out because I absolutely remember the series finale like it's stuck in my head forever because the series finale is spider-verse like i i I may be wrong but there's a possibility dan slot has said like he pulled from the series finale of the spider-man cartoon to do spider-verse when he did because that finale involved spider-man 
going on a multiverse of madness trip. Like he joined together with all these other Spider-Mans from the from different universes to team up to take down a version of himself. It was so cool at the time, especially again being a kid at that time who was being introduced to multiverse theory and and all these like time travel stuff to so to have that happen in this cartoon. It was awesome. And there was like the spider and what's cool is that they pull stuff from like throughout the series. So it was like, oh, that's the version of Peter Parker that never cured the fact that he had multiple hands coming out. Uh, because yes, man listeners, spider. there was a point where, yeah, man spider is a thing. <laughs> where he turned into a literal spider yeah. and walked like a man. Yeah. Um, yeah, like that series finale was really cool and really awesome, but is absolutely, I think the, the OG into the spider verse is, is from that, that series. And, yeah, man, I'm nostalgic now. I might have to go binge that over will, the weekend I, or something. I really loved that show. There's some characters that just stand out to me, like Alistair Smythe, yeah. uh, who like, <laughs> I don't know of in any other context other than the Amazing Spider-Man uh, cartoon show from the 90s. Um, but there were other shows, too. None that I really got into. Uh, you know, I had like a big animation phase in the 90s growing up and like early 2000s, like when I was in college uh, and then probably like halfway into college. Like I uh, petered out on some of the Adult Swim stuff, and I'm I just like like I'm still catching up on things. I feel like I need to see like Avatar: The Last Airbender. I finished. I'm getting close to the end of Legend of Korra. There's a lot out there that I'd be really curious to check out, but I basically missed like two decades of of cartoons, and I feel like I missed out on. Um, and maybe it was like out of loyalty. Like I didn't want to watch other Spider-Man cartoons. I didn't want to watch other X-Men cartoons. Those were like my MCUs, right? Like those were like, yeah, I, for like my formative years, those were like, those were my mythologies. Uh, and I took them so seriously and I, I couldn't get adjust to like other voices, like other voices just like didn't work for whether it's for Wolverine or for Spidey or for whoever. Um, but they did Spider-Man Unlimited, uh, yeah, there was a ton of series like a that, Nick that, that Fury, came like out. Spider-Man's an Agent of Shield show. Yeah, and there was a lot of like kids shows for it too. Um like the Spectacular Spider-Man was one. Uh there was just self-titled Spider-Man, uh, an Ultimate Spider-Man cartoon series. And to me, like, I don't know, dude, I, I hear what you're saying, but I feel like I'm even worse and snobbish, where it's just like, I don't like the animation style. This is for kids. Right. Uh, as if the original series wasn't also for ch- child when I was a right, young boy right, watching right. it. You get protective. Um, you get protective over yeah. your stuff. Same. Like, I, 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 I was never into X-Men Evolution uh, when, it, when exactly. that happened. Yes. Totally. I got into Wolverine and the X-Men. That I liked. And then they, they burned me by canceling it because the, no, thank the merger you. happened. No interest. And, Zero interest. Ugh. I want nothing to do with it. But Yeah, I, I never kept up with, with the Spider-Man cartoons. I do I, in, in my looking up some stuff, I, I saw that they are bringing back Spider-Man and his amazing friends amazing. Uh, as an animated series. So Incredible. <laughs> that's going to be interesting when that comes out. I'm curious to see how that plays. But that's great. That's great. For animation, I do think, right? Like it's 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 the nineties series. Like that's 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 where it was for us that like really introduced us to this character. Yeah. Uh in the spirit of television, while we're talking about television, let's take a quick commercial break. We'll be right back. We'll talk about more Spider-Man. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, 
and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. All right, Kevin, talk to me about Spider-Man through uh, through video games. This is a, this is a way to it. Like, uh, it's one thing to read Spider-Man, to watch Spider-Man, but to be Spider-Man. To be Spider-Man. <laughs> um, yeah, dude, video games, the, the video game, obviously video game industry is wild, but there were so many Spider-Man games. Um, and in general, I think a lot of characters have a lot of games, but I feel like Spider-Man was like, that's a perfect example of how prevalent this character was uh, for me. And this is super weird, but I remember this so deeply in my heart. When I was uh, a kid, when I was super young during the 90s, my first introduction to the Spider-Man video game uh, or as a video game was this weird PC thing where you could create your own <laughs> animated Spider-Man cartoon. Where you would take, it was based on the animated series, and you could take screenshots and moments and characters and put them into a scene and move them around. And it was like, like almost like flash animation. And you would just create a moment from the cartoon that you could do. Uh, and that was my first foray into Spider-Man in a video game sense. And I remember mm-hmm. having a blast with it as a kid because I was making Spider-Man movies, basically, right? That's cool. Um it was a lot of fun. And like for the longest time, I thought I was a crazy person like that. Never actually like sometimes you think you remember stuff as a kid. And it was like that never happened. I made that up. Um, but thanks for the joy of the Internet. I was able to discover like this was real. It happened. Can you use um, it now? Is it like has anyone like uh, emulated it? I doubt it because it, I, I think it was like a rights thing as well. So I, I feel like you because it was based it literally was like screens and cells from the animated show, That's right? Great. So, like, the rights on that has to be, like, up in space. Yeah. Um, the, I will... I do want to say one thing. The other impact this game has had on me, um, my first Spidey game, is that it used audio from everywhere, right? Like, it would use it from the show. But they had this one clip. Whenever you would use a police car, it was this clip, and it was a woman that I remember hearing it as, like, uh, 73, 73, 5, six, and, like, it was this thing... And then I heard it so much as a kid because I would play that game often. And, and you hear that sound every time you use the police part. <laughs> every movie, every movie, every TV show, everything with like a cop has that audio cue. It has this like every single time you see a police go over to their car. It's the that's the woman on the radio saying like 73, five, coach, six, like it's the sound. I, I ended up looking this up because I was like, this is a thing. And the most people can think of what it is, is that she's saying Liberty 285 Coach 6, 105 North Avenue. Um, but like the next time anyone watches anything with cops and stuff, look for this sound cue because it is used over and over and over and over. And I over. Want, it's like it's I want people to, to weigh in on this super at PosterRecaps.com. Hit us up. I want to know you've you've heard it. You have okay. heard it. It is more prevalent to me than the Wilhelm scream. It okay. is everywhere. The Wilhelm scream is everywhere. So it is everywhere. But this is literally in everything Amazing. from movies to shows. To, like it's nuts. So that stuck with me. But because that audio cue was there from this, it's I hear it every single time now. Yeah. Um. But so that was my first foray into in, into it. Since then, there was like a ton of other stuff. I think 
For me, I don't know if you've ever played these, but you ever play the fighting games? The, yeah, like, like the Capcom, the Capcom stuff. games. Uh, yeah, yeah, the 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 Capcom stuff. Um, yeah, I I like that, like Street Fighter versus the Marvel Universe, everything like that. Yes. I, I loved Street Fighter <laughs> as a kid; was my stuff. Same. I Same. was I was the the shitty kid who would play as E Honda, and just as soon as the <laughs> match started, I was already one thousand arm slapping my way against uh, whoever I was up against. Uh, so I, I really love like old school Street Fighter. Um, but, uh, the, the, uh, the, the Marvel versus Capcom stuff, I mostly just kind of enjoyed from a remove and, and like really appreciated like the aesthetics of it. I, I always thought it looked incredibly cool. Yeah. They had that weird cell shading effect, um, for the characters. And I remember I was obsessed with like the same thing, like the Marvel superheroes and then the versus Street Fighter and then Marvel versus Capcom. Uh, one of my earliest jobs was at a movie theater and they had inside the little game room next to it, Marvel vs. Capcom 2, and I would play it constantly. And Spider-Man was like one of the most fun characters to play in that game. Um, so that was another thing where he was so involved in. Like you, you couldn't do a Marvel game without Spider-Man. Um, but the ones I think that showed like what you're talking about, right? Like to get to be Spider-Man, that I think shaped where a lot of games ended up now, like I, I feel like Arkham Asylum wouldn't be here if not for this, was uh, way back when in PlayStation 1 days, they released a Spider-Man game, Spider-Man 1, and then they did a sequel, Spider-Man 2, Enter Electro. And that game was where you were like, you were Spider-Man. They did an intro. I believe Bruce Campbell was your tutorial level dude uh, narrating. Amazing. And that was where you were swinging around New York with like the, the style of physics that like, that, that was the early days of being able to actually feel like you're web swinging and, and like open world style, like, oh, there's a crime. We got to go take care of it. Like this was that game. And I remember as a kid playing it for the first time being like, holy crap, like this is so much fun. Uh, it's like web swing around and like to have the different Spidey outfits that you could unlock and play. Um, that was when I feel like the first foray into me really liking Spider-Man. And then they did the same thing like that. That spawned. From there, they use those mechanics into the Spider-Man, the movie, the game, Spider-Man 2, the, the, the game, um, that, that ability to web swing around all leading up to, I think it's, it's pinnacle achievement, which is the most recent, um, one, the Insomniac's, uh, Spider-Man, Marvel Spider-Man game, which I played, uh, last year, I want to say, and was blown away by how good that was. Like, if you want a game, if you want to understand what, what it feels like to be Spidey, play that game. That game, to me, uh, was one of the things that happened that really unlocked Spidey in a way that hadn't. Like I, like we were talking about, like I liked Spidey. I enjoyed watching a lot of the series. They had such an impact. But I finally understood why people like Spider Man so much. Playing that game and watching Spider Verse, I would say like those are the two big things. Swinging around, um, you know, from from, tr- awesome. from tree to tree. Uh, it's and just it's amazing, super fun. It's it's great. You got to. I think when you visited, you got to see a little bit of us yeah, doing I've, that, I've, like swinging I've around a New bit, York. I, you know, I, I've had friends who who have the game. I'm I'm one of those weirdos who like I I almost prefer to watch like somebody proficiently play <laughs> a game than play the game myself because I'm typically so bad at it. Even though, again, not to brag, I've said this before. I did get a hundred percent on Final Fantasy VII remake, uh, so I really threw myself into that at the start of quarantine. Uh, and then I tried to play it again like three months later. I completely forgot how to play it. So I'd, I'm going to have to I'm going to have to retrain my brain how to play FF7 Remake. Um, but I, I tried playing Spider-Man and like 
I didn't really, I found myself like not that interested in like uh, pushing the story forward because I was just loving the immersiveness of the world. And as a New Yorker, uh, I was really adoring how much fun it was to swing all over Manhattan. Uh, it's so immersive. Uh, it's so much fun. Uh, and it's such a smooth playing experience. And I know a lot of people who aren't major gamers who kind of like cracked accidentally into like a little bit of like a gaming habit through this game, through Spider-Man. I think it's uh, uh, a little bit of like a, an on-ramp towards a video game addiction. Uh, so proceed with caution. It's so great, though. I mean, it's like you said, like you could just swing around and that could be money well spent because it's so much fun. But the the game itself is is, is so great. And the story, it's an original story um, that they'd use for this, which I think is something else that we're seeing now for Spider-Man. Again, taking those core elements of the character and telling telling brand new stories with him. Um, in ways that like introduce new context and 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 modern modernized versions of them. Um, it, it was so much fun. It was so excellent. And like I'm obsessed with costumes. Like we're talking about video games, dude. That's my obsession. Like I I don't know what it is, but like when playing, especially the Marvel games, like from uh, the original, like we talked about on PlayStation One, the Spider Man games to to Marvel Ultimate Alliance, which uh, you play a bunch of different characters, the X Men Legends game. Uh, this game especially, I think, was one of the best versions of doing uh, how you can rotate through costumes. There's like 60 different costumes you can have from throughout Spider-Man history, That's from the cool. movies to other video games. To like, it's so awesome, and like, I, I I love that. And that game really delivered on on this weirdo aspect that I'm super into for 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 stuff. So like, this game is um, is my obsession. Um, and it really, again, it really made me love that character. So another reco, if, if you want to try out video games, definitely go for this Spider-Man game. And an exciting thing is that they they did announce a sequel that is actually hitting at long last. Uh, this coming out this week, Thursday. right? I think when this podcast maybe is dropping, it's on November 12th, which happy birthday to me. I know it's Kevin's uh, birthday. If you're listening to this on the first run, November 12th, wish at Kev Mahadeo a happy birthday. And why don't you get him a birthday present by signing up for Post Show Recaps <laughs> Patreon. <laughs> Patreon.com slash Post Show Recaps. How about you sign up at the Discord level? Show up in the Discord and wish Kevin a happy birthday yourself. You won't regret it. It's really a gift for yourself. <laughs> Well done, Wiggler. Well yeah, done. Sorry, it was low uh, hanging fruit. I just had to no, snatch it. Yeah, pick pick that low hanging fruit. Um, <laughs> but I'm excited about that game too. I'm really pumped to play that one because it's uh, it continues the story, but it's Miles Morales focused, which is yeah. really exciting. Um, and yeah, I just that like it was just such a crazy experience. How good that game was. Like that's it's the, it's you know we talk about Spider Man and Batman being the pinnacle. I think when it comes to like these types of games, Insomniac's uh, Spider Man and like Ark- the Arkham Asylum. And Arkham City, I'm not going to talk about Arkham Knight, are um, great. Like, th- that's that's a pinnacle of showing, like, how to actually be those characters in a video game. It's really fun and really cool. Yeah. Uh, so I'm, I'm excited for that as well, uh, especially a game centering on, on Miles Morales, who uh, I think is, uh, is one of those. So w- with, like, we talked about all, like, the various Spider-Man and, like, the Ben Riley, the Scarlet Spider, uh, Dr. Octopus as Spider-Man. Um, Miles Morales is the Spider-Man of the ultimate Spider-Man uh, side of the line. Uh, and Peter Parker, spoiler alert, I guess, but uh, you know, f- foundational to Miles Morales' origin story, as in and, uh, Into the Spider-Verse, the movie, um, Peter Parker dies. And Miles Morales ends up being the person who kind of like picks up the mantle through his own uh, origin story. And he's like one of those versions of like, 
another character is taking on the Spider-Man, um, uh, re- you know, the great power and responsibility of being Spider-Man and actually really sticking and becoming um, very, like, very culturally prominent um, and becoming a really beloved character to the point where uh, it was remarkable to get Miles Morales front and center in Spider-Verse. But a lot of the questions are like, when are we getting him into the MCU? When are we getting Miles Morales? In? Like people were really, really, really psyched about that character. So for him to be starring at the at the heart of this video game, uh, in addition to to all of the other great stuff that's going around with Miles Morales as a character, is is super fun and a really, really great natural expansion of Spider Man uh, and everything that that character stands for as somebody who's just like good hearted. Uh, like very like at the hub of a lot of different uh character relationships and also dealing with a lot of day-to-day struggle. Uh I think that they do such a good job with that character and the reviews for the Miles Morales Spider-Man game are uh I think pretty positive. It sounds like people are really into it. Yeah, and I think, you know, that Miles Morales being introduced um, you know, was exciting for a number of reasons, right? You had a character who is um half black, half Latino, um who's picking up the Spider-Man mantle. Uh, and and such a well developed and well rounded character uh, that people instantly liked, and I think what you said at the top of the hour is exactly what Miles represented, and ultimately what makes Spider Man so good as a character um, that we talked about again from his origins, right? The relatability, the thing that started what about Spider Man and started uh, the love of that character was how relatable he is. And miles represents that because it's that idea of anyone could wear the mask. It's not about the powers. It's not about spider. It's about the men. It's about the person underneath there. And that's the core of it, right? Like it's about the person who goes through the daily struggles we do and the life struggles we do. Um, but has this like extra layer of being Spider-Man and, and, and being a hero. And miles represents that, I think in a way that, that led to, the greatness that we saw in into their spider verse, the, the truism of Spider-Man that I think extends into pop culture and to make him so likable because any one of us could be Spider-Man. You know, we want to, we want to be Superman. We want to be Batman. Um, we strive to be those characters, but in a way, any one of us can feel like we could be Spider-Man, you know, like it just feels so real to us. Um, and I think that's what makes that character so popular and so powerful. And Miles represents that to to a T, uh, and and we see it in Spider Verse. But before yeah. Spider Verse, though, we got some movies that happened. We got a lot. We got, we got, we got movies that came in. <laughs> and and I don't want to I don't want to go too deep into it because this is going to be the bread and butter of the next several Absolutely. weeks. But you know we're gonna we're about to spend the next three weeks with Tobey Maguire as Spider Man. Uh, and like I'm I'm very excited to because it's been a long time since I've watched these movies. Um, but they were coming out like tail end of high school for me. Like this was like uh, like first serious high school girlfriend <laughs> material, like going out to like a movie date stuff. Like this is like very nostalgic for me. Uh, and like at the very least, the first Spider-Man especially. And I know that there's a lot of like Spider-Man 2 is the best superhero movie ever. And like lots of like uh, debate between which is the better of the two spy- of, of the three Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies. No one's going to say Spider-Man three, uh, but is it one or two? And I'm I'm definitely coming into this team one. 
Uh, I that's unlike you, so by much the way. Of, that is very unlike you. I know. Typically, typically, I like a sequel, but for me, it's it's the first. I cannot wait to get into Willem Dafoe. Oh yes, <laughs> as Norman Osborn. Ow! Am I? I like there are just like so many things that like to this day, uh, Godspeed, Spider Man. That I just like. I feel like I still say, "Oh yeah, we'll meet again, Spider Man." <laughs> you know, there's just there's just so much stuff from it. <laughs> Uh, that, that, I, that I absolutely adore that like Willem Dafoe as Norman Osborn as the Green Goblin might be my all time favorite superhero bad guy. Uh, just like absolutely incredible. And for like probably all the wrong reasons, but uh, maybe we can see if there's anything uh, really thematically interesting to talk about when we when we get there. Um, but like Tobey Maguire, like hit hit or miss for a bunch of people. But I'm always going to feel very nostalgic about his portrayal of that character because uh, it was just a, a movie like that. Like you hadn't seen a movie like that, like really competently made to that level. Um, in in a while, like in the in the nineties, like leading up to this, like I guess now we're starting to get into X Men. We're coming out of Blade. Though th- those are hard R movies. Um, you know, X Men is sort of in this space. Uh, and these are still like the movies that are like it's it's like giving you a hit, even if it's not like the full dose that the MCU like really just like hook it up to my veins, like of like full on nerdery. Like we're talking about X Men movies where they still have not been able to put them in yellow and blue spandex. Here you gotta like give him organic web shooters. You can't have him science the shit out of some web shooters. So there's things to like pick at, but I have a lot of fondness for for these films. Um a real fondness for the cast, uh a real fondness for the filmmaking as somebody who uh adored Evil Dead 2 and Army of Darkness being two of my favorite movies from from the 90s. Not not that they were from the 90s, but in the 90s, like discovering those movies as like a young guy, uh, like, you know, 13, 14 and like seeing those and like then that guy's going to make Spider-Man. And a lot of the ways that Sam Raimi just works just has translated across even his shittiest movies. Uh, so I'm I'm really expi- excited to to spend some time in that space. I'm less excited to talk about Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man movies, even though I love Andrew Garfield. And I, I actually interviewed Andrew Garfield, uh, during this time of his career when he was playing Spider-Man. I, I felt like he was someone who had all of like the right things to say about Spider-Man as a character, what he represents, what he means. Um, and actually I, I always got the sense that he almost felt like I shouldn't be playing Spider-Man. Uh, so like there, there's something about the amazing Spider-Man movies that I think like there is like a level of awareness that like we're just doing this to make more Spider-Man movies. There isn't a good reason to be making these movies. We just want money, uh, and, and I think uh, they just they just want money. So I've I've got no nostalgia for those, but I'm but I'm interested to do the autopsy on on both of them. Um, how about how about you? How are you feeling as we're like on the edge of talking Toby for a few weeks? I'm pretty excited about this. I mean, you know. The Spider-Man movies, I believe the order actually was Spider-Man 1 and then X-Men 1. Um, but I remember seeing these in theaters. I, I could be wrong on the order, but I, I definitely I remember seeing both these movies in theaters. I remember for Spider-Man 1, I literally did one of those things where I watched it with one group of friends, walked out of the theater, saw my other group of friends about to go in and turned back around and went in with them to watch it again. Because um, it was it was it was such a fun, great movie at the time. And I think it, we hadn't really seen anything quite like it for these characters. Um, so that was, that was, there's some good memories. I'm really pumped to talk about it. I'm really pumped to talk about the faults that exist now. Um, I'm excited to talk about the little details. Like you mentioned, uh, organic web shooters, but honestly, I'm pro organic web shooters. Uh, all right. Well, we'll talk about it. I actually remember 
back at Wizard in the good old Wizard days, we used to have these uh, debate columns um, that we do, or where each person would write a side of an argument from the from the nerd space, and we did like a giant Spider-Man special at the time, uh, where we debated all the various things that had changed from Spider-Man in the comics to now, like uh, should Spider-Man be married? Uh, should he have organic web shooters or, or, or um, you know, uh, self-made web shooters? Uh, all, all these arguments that we'd have, and I argued organic web shooters, and I argued one other one that I don't remember, but the organic web shooters I definitely remember because I stand by that one. Um, but yeah, it's going to be interesting to, to go into a lot of that stuff. As for the Andrew Garfield part, I think it's going to be interesting in another way. I mean, if we're really looking at this as a dissection of Spider-Man as a character and what makes him work and what makes him tick, I think it's going to be a fun watch in terms of maybe tearing it apart a bit about like how not to do that character, like how missing the mark. If Miles Morales is the, is the epitome of, of, of what makes Spider-Man work. I think those movies that, that, that first one, especially that I've seen and I could dissect. Well, you can't, yeah, one. you can't weigh in on number yeah, two. I, I will once I watch it, but yeah, yeah. had a lot of problems immediately about like missing the mark about who the character is and why that character works so well and has worked so well. So I'm excited to dive yeah. into this stuff. I'm excited to, 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 to really pull it apart and, and, and kind of, poke and prod and also really talk about spider-man 3 because that one oh boy oh boy uh yeah yeah <laughs> it's gonna be it's gonna be a good time it's gonna be it's gonna be fun we have a couple of bits of uh trivia that were compiled by the great professor strunk who speaking of spider-man 3 uh maybe we're gonna we're gonna pull professor strunk from behind the curtain uh to, to put him in front of a microphone right around the time uh venom shows up on screen for the first time uh but professor strunk compiled some trivia uh, surrounding Spider-Man. And, and one is that there were, uh, there were feature adaptations of Spider-Man that had been in the works for a long time, like a lot of different movies that almost came to light. Uh, and I should say that uh, Sam Raimi's Spider-Man comes out two years after the first X-Men movie. So X-Men lands first and then Spider-Man. Nice. Um, so uh, for Spider-Man, apparently... Michael Jackson once tried to buy Spider-Man from Marvel yes. so he could play Spider-Man is a thing. I had heard this before, um, and this is a great piece of, tri- piece of trivia that, that was pulled out. Um, that, yeah, apparently Michael Jackson was a huge, huge fan of Spider-Man, the character, and wanted to play him. So his idea was, of course, buy Spider-Man so that he could play that character, which would have been really interesting because there's so much debates now about... Uh, you know, like uh, Miles Morales or just turn Peter Parker, you know, make Peter Parker a black character. Um, if it was just back in the 90s, if that had happened, even if Michael Jackson was just like, boom, like that would have uh, been an interesting thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a weird footnote in history. Uh, there was also apparently a version of Spider-Man uh, where Tom Cruise was being considered for Peter Parker. Uh, Bob Hoskins as Dr. Octopus. <laughs> R.I.P. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been amazing. It's a he, Mario. Uh, Stan Lee as J. Jonah Jameson. I guess I could see it. <laughs> I could. I Catherine could definitely Hepburn see it. Catherine Hepburn for Aunt May. Like, I don't, I don't know how real this is or if this is just the stuff of, like, uh, internet mythology. But uh, fun to consider, like, all the different versions that, that could. And, and Spider-Verse does such a great job with this of, like, having Chris Pine be the voice of one Spider-Man. Uh, you know, they, they do, they do a really good job of just like anybody could be Spider-Man, you know, like, you, like so many different actors could have been Spider-Man. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of, <laughs> a lot of different versions of this. Uh, this is my favorite piece of trivia from Strunk. In Spider-Man, the animated series, only three punches were ever thrown. 
due to censorship from Fox. Is that true? That is very no one was that allowed is to, very true. No one was allowed to punch that, each that other. That is correct. I remember this. How um, did they fight? How did they fight? He would he would web swing kick or like web in and like collide with the person. This was a weird thing because this is uh, it's so crazy because I remember this also for the X Men animated series because it also had rules and regulations and. For a long time, I always thought to myself, like, the X-Men animated series and the Spider-Man animated series doesn't hold up because of, of like, they can't use real guns. They have to use lasers because, again, sensors, right? Uh, Spider-Man can't punch anyone. And I do think if you look at it in terms of that, it doesn't hold up. But I think the stories they do and, like, the stuff they accomplish in terms of, like, the grander mythos is amazing. Like, that stuff holds up to me. Like, I was doing an X-Men rewatch a little while ago. And uh, yeah, there's little things that don't work, but like the other stuff works. The drama works. It still is really great um, and really well structured and put together. And as we said, I kind of want to do the Spider-Man deep dive. But I do remember that being a thing where Spider-Man can't punch people. And it's like, that's crazy. It's wild. <laughs> if you end up uh, rewatching the show, you got to report back every time there's a punch. Uh, I, I, I I need to know, is this true? <laughs> One punch. One. Ah. <laughs> feels feels ridiculous feels absolutely ridiculous uh all right so we are we're gearing up here uh we're 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 the deck is set this is a character that is near and dear to the hearts of a lot of people i've got a lot of fondness for spider-man personally uh i've got so much fondness for the raimi movies uh as like an era of my life and we'll dive into that deeper once we get into it next week uh so so that's your homework folks Check out Sam Raimi's first Spider-Man movie, the first Tobey Maguire movie. That's what you got to watch by next week. Send us your scores, super at poshorecaps.com. And just to reset what you're scoring, uh, rank the movies zero to six. Rank the villains zero to six. Rank the suits, the Spider-Man costumes zero to six. And rank the Spider-Men themselves zero to six. Send all that in super at poshorecaps.com along with your feedback. We will read that on the podcast uh kevin anything else before we uh we swing away from our our first uh our first shot at spidey one last thing i do want to throw in that um the the great professor recommended and this doesn't have to be official right like this is this this can be one of our unofficial things he said something for us to to, to, to discuss is what is the most new york thing in each movie and i kind of love that <laughs> yeah. um as new yorkers yeah. i kind of want to delve like looking at these movies cuz there's definitely things where i'm just like oh god <laughs> i i would be very happy to have like an only in new york uh segment uh or never in never new york never in new york uh, i love it i love it just yeah, like yeah never new know, york like just, is is like parts of the like if you mess with one of us you mess get out of here uh yeah that's not how it's going to No play. the most new york from my memory is like what's his face like um he's just a boy you know that's <laughs> no. not that's not going to happen what is, i forget the uh, jim norton i think is the actor who does the, just like i, I don't know. Like, he stinks and i don't like him <laughs> like that is a yeah. fun new york moment but i'm excited to discuss yeah. those parts <laughs> Yeah. So, okay, cool. Yeah, we'll we'll track some New York stuff. That can be maybe be like our uh, our informal rankings. Uh we can maybe not rank stuff, but we could just talk yeah. New York. Uh <laughs> seems like that that would be a fun, like that's like the rest of it is like we do this for you, the New York stuff will do for yes. us. Uh <laughs> that's, like, that's that's purely uh uh self-service. Uh Kevin Mando, uh Kevin and I and Latanya Starks we're talking Mandalorian every week. We're two episodes deep into season 2. Uh, as this podcast is dropping, we are about 24 hours away from week three of Mando season two. Those podcasts drop on Mondays. Strong recommend. Uh, 
check it out. If you're watching Mando, you should listen to the podcast. We're having a really great time with Latanya on that show. Yeah, it's uh, it's a great season as well. Um, it's been both amazing watching it and amazing talking to you guys about it. Uh, we had a lot of fun, especially on the most recent episode, which was episode two, uh, first season two. Uh, uh, it's it's a blast, guys. It's a blast heading out to a galaxy far, far away and having so much fun there after some time not having as much fun there. Yeah, so so check that out. Check out everything else we got going on in post-show recaps, whether it's Down the Hatch, it's Ang In There, it's Star Trek Discovery, it's Fear of the Walking Dead World Beyond. So many things happening. And of course, everything that's happening on the patron side of things, movies, uh, we do movies, movies. We got the movies at post-show recaps theater. We're doing community building, uh, our attempt at a community somewhat watch. It's a complicated thing. You have to listen to the podcast to really understand what we're doing over there. And also watch it with Wiggler, where I barf words into a microphone and tell you what I'm watching uh, on any given week. So if all of that sounds interesting to you, and if you want to be a part of the Post Show Recaps patron Discord community where we're just chatting, having a good time, talking to people, talking to the listeners, Post Show Recaps directly, one-on-one, it's fun, uh, you can sign up, patreon.com slash Post Show Recaps. Uh, Kevin, uh, how can people send you a gift for your birthday? Uh, should they... Uh, do, what, what, what do you want? What's your, follow, follow Kevin at Kev Mahadeo. That's yeah, step one. I guess follow follow is a good one. Um, you know, it's wild because like Robin has been asking the same thing. My my fiance is like, like pizza? what do you want? Oh, I do love pizza. Um, yeah. I'm excited. We're going to order sushi, which is like my favorite type of food uh, on my birthday. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what, what what I want. Just just yeah. Give me a shout out. Give me a happy birthday. That'd be nice. Um, Give me Stop a happy the birthday. madness of the world. If you are capable of doing so, please the do madness. that. That would be the best uh, yeah. best birthday gift. No, no one person can it's do true. that. Uh, there is something to be said about great power, great responsibility, but I'm not going to be the one to say that. Instead, what I will say is we didn't talk about it nearly enough. Uh, Spider-Man, turn off the dark. The musical. <laughs> I do feel like I shirked is, my duty This is here. your chance. If you want to weigh in, I you have seen it, which is, I think, a key. I saw it twice. That's saw it insanity. Twice. That is saw it twice. Why? I saw it twice. Uh, because, uh, the great Emily Fox, my wife, uh, for my birthday one year, bought tickets to Spider-Man the Musical as a surprise. Uh, and this was back when it was on Broadway and everyone was dying as they were involved in the show. Like, people falling from the skies, uh, so many accidents, and the, the script was just a mess. I guess the book was a mess. Uh, Spider-Man's, uh, norm, uh, normal nemesis is Norman Osborn. He's defeated in Act 1, and then in Act 2, he's up against a spider goddess named Arachne. Oh, God. Who is responsible for the creation of Spider-Man. Oh, boy. But then it was so poorly received that they shut it down, also to address, like, the safety concerns, and then they started it back up with a, with a rejiggered script, which was good, because the guy who was playing Norman Osborn, the Norman Osborn character was the best part of the thing. You can't kill him in Act One, so they kept him for both acts. They extended him for the for the full arc. Uh, they rewrote it. Um, I had a colleague who had preview tickets to it for work, and he took me to see it. So I had seen the first one, and now I'd seen the second one. And the arc of improvement was from like a zero out of a hundred to like a sixty three out of a hundred. So not good, still but a huge, but a remarkable arc of improvement. Uh, it's a big change, absolutely, it's a big change. absolutely right. incredible. Uh, but like that's how popular Spider Man is. They made a musical, but he's not so popular that the musical was worth making. Yeah, uh, he's so fi- popular they made a musical, disaster. but not popular enough <laughs> that they made a good musical. <laughs> financial and uh, uh, emotional ego disaster for everyone involved. I'm sure. 
Uh, although I don't know that you could ever really truly bruise Bono and the Edges. I was going to say, wasn't Those, that? Yeah. Untouchable. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, just to remind you, we will close out this podcast now with, uh, with a track from Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark uh, from, from U2's very Good own God. Bono and the Edge. We'll be back next week to talk about Sam Raimi's Spider-Man. Take care, everybody. Bye. You can change your mind But you cannot change your heart Your heart knows when you're hiding Your heart knows where you are I think myself If I knew I'd become You don't have Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live.